abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind, as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of Understanding Evil, Part 1, Consequential Atheism. Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. My friends, we're going to talk about evil today. <laughs> Isn't that scary? And so many people talk about evil and about good, and they relate it to, of course, God good. Some even say, well, look, it's in the word, God good. You just have to add an extra O. Of course, in other languages, that's not the same at all. So that might just be a coincidence, or maybe an English had developed for that reason. But anyway, that doesn't really mean anything deeper. But what is evil? Well, I've talked about this in part before. I want to run over it again shortly. We say, for example, uh, I don't know, the mother catches, I think you used that example for it, the mother catches a little four-year-old grabbing the cat's tail and pulling it and delighting when the cat gets mad. Well, you would say, oh, that kid's acting bad. That, if he does it again, well, it's a bad kid if he does it again. But you wouldn't say it's an evil child. On the other hand, if that same little four or five-year-old has carefully, I don't know, uh, uh, nailed that cat to a cross and he's there poking it with pins, and he has a sinister grin on his face, you might say, hey, that looks like an evil child. In other words, we use evil for things that are just so bad that we can't fathom it. And we can't fathom it to the degree that a lot of people say, well, it's, it's the devil's work. The child's possessed by the devil because they can't fathom evil. These people don't understand what evil is. Now, without going into a lot of esoteric explanations here, I'm going to give you my view of what evil is before we get to the main topic, just so we're on the same page here. Good and evil. These are not simply subjective terms. Oh, you think that's good. You think it's good to be nice to people. I think it's good to slap people in the face or punch them because I'm a boxer. So one's as good as the other. No, 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 that's not the case. I, I hate to quote Jesus Christ because I sound like a preacher and I'm, I don't consider myself a Christian really. But he was a very wise uh, I think spiritual leader, definitely. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And that was formulated by others before Christ, hundreds of years before Christ. Other wise spiritual people said the same thing. I'm going to make it more basic. Good is connected to the light. I mean the light of the light bulb in your house, but it's, it's the light principle. It's no coincidence when people die and they almost die, then they're brought back to life. They see a light, but it's not a light that blinds them. It's a light that that it that that uh, absorbs them, and they feel one with the universe, and they feel total love. That's the source of good. Really, that's not God appearing to you. On the other hand, it is. Everybody has a what we could call a divine spark in them. We have uh, what you might call a, a higher self. That's that part of us, if you go down really deep beyond the conscious mind, beyond the subconscious mind, it's connected to the life principle itself. And it's closer, well, it has one foot in the spiritual realm, 
and has another foot in the physical realm, and that foot is us in this life. It has many feet, actually. It's like a it's like a millipede or at least a centipede because it has feet in other lives as well. That's the reincarnational idea. Uh, but good is the light. Evil is not really a force of itself. Now, I know some people would disagree. Christians, Muslims, they all disagree. They're, no, evil, the devil. No, evil is simply the, the absence of that divine spark and light. It's the absence. As far as I know, there's no force in physics. Well, there is light in physics, right? They can measure light and the quality of light. But there's no force that I know called darkness. <laughs> it's simply the absence of light. You see what I mean. And uh, lest you think I'm combining things, that you can't compare one to the other. No, you can, because in the end, everything is one. And these are chains of significance. I won't get into that more deeply, because that would require most people a deeper explanation. But that's my understanding of evil. If you prefer, you could just consider, well, evil is really, really bad. But that's a rather superficial way of seeing it. But if you prefer, you can say, if, you know, if, if somebody murders one person, that's really bad. But if they murder and torture them first, well, that's evil. Okay, fine. However you like to see it, I just wanted to give my definition of evil because I agree with Socrates when you talk about something, at least the important terms you should define how you're seeing it. Otherwise, we might be speaking with different levels. We don't understand each other. Now, what is consequential atheism? Uh, I think that's a term I made up. I haven't read it anywhere. But the term I made up, I think it was probably 19 years old. And I read the works of the Marquis de Sade. Uh, I think his first name was Francois, actually. He was a Marquis, you know, the, the somewhat lower nobility in France in pre-revolutionary times, 18th century. And he wrote these horrid books. I was 19. I just had oh, a lot of sex in them. You know how 19-year-olds are. But I started reading them. Oh, my God, this is terrible. As a matter of fact, these books are so terrible. When Napoleon came to power, he had this guy committed to a mental hospital. I think the guy's family hadn't committed before. And Napoleon said, yeah, keep him there because this guy is crazy. These are, yeah, they have sex in books, but it's the most perverse, disgusting, murderous. Every one of his heroes is like uh, like somebody you would expect to find in the World Economic Forum who's simultaneously a globalist and connected to the World Health Organization. That's how bad they are. <laughs> I say that only part jokingly. These are people that, like, imagine the worst Satanist and all the worst practices. But in Marquis de Sade, nobody believed in Satan. These people didn't believe in Satan. Yeah, the victims believed in him because they were usually religious victims. But these were like globalist, you could call them globalist elites. They were connected to rich, intelligent, educated, evil people in other countries as well. Much, you know, They talk about people who have child sacrifice these days, and I'm sure that does go on, just because you've had maniacs throughout all of history. Of course it goes on. I don't think it goes on the extent they're talking about. And here I'm not about to say that Obama and Hillary Clinton you know, were involved in satanic rituals murdering children. I'd like to see some evidence for that first. And I don't like Obama or Hillary Clinton, <laughs> but I'm not going to accuse them of such horrid crimes without any evidence. That could be part of the propaganda war that's going on now. Atheism, I think we know what it is. It's saying, no, there is no God or no supreme intelligent creative force. It's all just about matter. And consciousness began through the development of matter. And then at some point, matter became more complicated. And then at some point, consciousness occurred. Now, of course, no atheist scientist can explain to us how consciousness just sprang out of nothingness. And they won't be able to explain it either. Because the truth is, consciousness 
didn't just spring up out of primitive matter at some point or not no longer such primitive matter was developing and then suddenly there's consciousness no it didn't happen like that basically everything is conscious but consciousness is not i'm not talking about i'm not saying like your your cup in front of you thinks i'm not saying that but there are some who have said and i believe it that even atoms have a certain very primitive consciousness so consciousness is always there it's just a question of how far does the material have to develop the material that houses the consciousness before it becomes a consciousness that we would recognize as a consciousness. Once again, I won't get too metaphysical on you here. I have reason for, for believing those things, by the way. I don't just say, oh, I'm going to believe this. Certain books I've read that have made total sense, I've connected the dots. I'm not trying to convince you of that, though. I'm just trying to explain from the atheist perspective. And let me say something at the beginning here. If you're religious, you might think, well, atheists, well, it might seem like good people, but they can't be as good as we are. They can't go to heaven because they're atheists. Nonsense. There are atheists that are very fine and generous and good and loving people, and I've known some of them. The fact that somebody's an atheist does not make them a bad person. The fact that somebody believes in God and the devil does not make them a good person either. Also, it doesn't make them a bad person. You have good and bad in every sizable group of people. Something my father told me, and he was not like the father. Well, sit down, son, I'm going to teach you a life lesson. He wasn't like that at all. But every once in a while, and I was about 10 years old. We're talking about, I don't know, I forget exactly the subject. But he said, you know, even among popes, there have been bad popes. At 10, I didn't know that. I was raised Catholic. He knew about history. And he said, in every sizable group of people, you can have good people and bad people. And that's the way it is. And there are millions and millions of atheists in the world, and some are fantastically good people. However, I will say this. They're not good people because they're atheists. Think about what I'm saying here. They're not good people because they're atheists. However, on the other side, now, once again, religious people, you have a lot of bad hypocrites, and they're not really good people. They want to beat people over the head with their religion and force people to follow their way of thinking. Okay. But there have been a lot of people, maybe atheists, not religious people, and they turn Christian, then they become really good. I'll give you a concrete example pops into my mind. George Foreman, the great boxer. At the beginning of his career, he was like a monster. He wanted to be as mean as possible. He was not a nice guy. But later, he became a nice guy. He got, he, 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 so I don't know, he, he experienced Jesus Christ in his life, became religious, dedicated millions to helping poor people from the ghetto. He became a good man through his conversion to Christianity. We see that pretty often. Maybe some terrible criminal, but then he sees the light, and for real, not just so he can get probation the next time he's up for it, and he becomes a good person. But I don't know of anybody who say a good Christian, and they become an atheist, and they become a better person. I don't know a single example of that. There might be examples of people who are Christians, Muslims, that aren't really so good. They're fanatics, and then they cast off religion, become atheists, and then they become better people because they're no longer fanatics. But listen to what I'm saying. A really good Christian is not going to become a better person by becoming an atheist. But an atheist almost certainly will become a better person by becoming a Christian as long as he becomes a good Christian and not a fanatic. Why? Well, first of all, atheism is well, kind of like the idea of God, as Voltaire said. If God didn't exist, it would be necessary to invent him. In other words, people who believe in God have an advantage. Because of this faith, they have more courage in some things, more courage to stand up for what is right. Uh, and they have hope, 
even if their life is miserable, think, well, but when we die, then at least, gonna... so at least they have some hope. Now, of course, Karl Marx said, well, no, that's bad because they're, they're waiting for the satisfaction when they die, they should have it right now. Not that he gave it to them because communism was a failure wherever it was tried. And Karl Marx was a fool. I should talk about it in another episode. I'm not just saying that because I don't like his looks or whatever. Karl Marx was a fool and a hypocrite and not a good person either. And I have evidence for all of that. Get into that some other time. I know there's some of you out there that can hardly wait to start criticizing communism again. So I thought, what the hell? Why not do it? <laughs> uh, once again, atheists don't have to be bad. Sometimes, it, I think most times, they're simply reacting to the distortions of religion. Distortion of religion, like Christianity, one sect tells you this, another tells you this, they contradict each other, and some of their basic principles they teach are really nonsense. However, they're little jewels of wisdom and spirituality in Christianity and in Islam and in every great religion. That's what we should be concentrated on. What do they have in common? that goes beyond the borders, uh, ethnic borders, uh, national borders. Uh, what do these all have in common? There are certain things they all have in common. And that's what we should be studying to get to the truth of spirituality. I am totally for spirituality, but I'm not totally for religion. I'll explain that in another episode. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. Religion is not the same as spirituality. Religion can give you some ideas about spirituality. It can help you in the path there, but religion is not the same as spirituality. And spirituality is the goal because that's the ultimate reality. Okay, there's some of my views. Make of them what you will. Back to consequential atheism. It's obvious what an atheist is. It says there is no God, no supreme being. We can reduce this to something very simple, an age-old discussion. I was tempted to say, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because <laughs> it's a little similar to that. What came first, matter or spirit slash mind? In other words, religious people think first there was God, the mind of God, spirit. And out of that came the, the physical world. I mean, they put it in the primitive way. Oh, yeah, God said, let there be light and then let there be a world and etc. And at the end, in seven days, he created, you know, all, all the planets, etc., etc. Uh, interesting is that first, he let there be light, but then later he created the sun and the moon. Where did the light come from? You know, I think if the sun goes away, we're not going to have any light. So it's a primitive story. But basically, it's a deeper idea that there's, that for, basically, there's intelligent spirit. And that is the source of the material world. So it's mind over matter, spirit over matter. The atheist believes, no, it's the other way around. Everything started out with matter, and later mind develops. And they don't believe in spirituality anyway. Say, so, no, it's only about the material mind. And uh, that's wrong. I used to be an atheist for years. But I've seen, and I won't get into that now. It would take me hours to explain my development there. And not because, oh, I suddenly found Jesus Christ. No, no. Through observation, rational, logical thinking, through evidence, through calculation of probabilities. Here's a little tidbit for you that I'm going to talk about also in the future. I have in my list of over a thousand things to talk about. My God, where did I get these things? I, I think I have too much time on my hands. That must be it. Uh, just something to think about. And think about how well these things are developed within you. In order to get closer to the truth, there are four things you need. First of all, be open for evidence. Second of all, learn to reason soundly, to reason well. Third of all, use approximate probabilities. And fourth, acquire a knowledge of your subject. If that's science, 
you want to get into nuclear physics, you have to study nuclear physics. Obviously. Botany, we have to study botany. Plants, trees, and such things. That's not my area, surely. If you want to study politics, what's going on in the world, human beings, study human beings. Observe. Learn something about psychology, about hypnosis. Well, that's so important. And it's largely neglected, even much too much neglected in psychology. Learn history. Learn philosophy, how humans have, have thought, how they've developed their thought, how they've acted in the past. Knowledge of your subject. The problem is people don't do that, and so they don't really know human beings. And that touches upon the subject of evil. That's why people came up with a devil, I believe, because when we're faced with something that seems very evil, we can't explain it. We're taken aback. Oh, my God, what's this? That must be Satan. That's naive. It's childish, actually. No, human beings can be more evil than you imagine. They don't need a Satan for that. Some might say Joseph Stalin was he was a Satanist. No, he wasn't a Satanist. Oh, he sorted evil things. He murdered probably, historians say probably more people than Hitler. If you did something against him, says he would kill you, he'd kill your entire village, thinking, well, if I just kill John, then his brother's going to hate me. They might try to assassinate me, or his friends in the village. Let's just kill the whole village. He did things like that. If this is an evil, I don't know what is. But guess what? He, he wasn't praying to Satan after each act of evil. He didn't believe in Satan. He laughed at such ideas. And a Satan, I'll tell you now, doesn't exist. But I know somewhere you could believe, believe what you want there, because I can't prove to you now Satan doesn't exist. I, I can't do that. And I almost feel guilty saying it, because maybe a lot of my listeners are more to the right, and so they're more religious. When I say Satan doesn't exist, they're going to maybe reject everything I say. But that's kind of dumb, too, to do that. Uh, I might not agree with somebody on some issue, but that doesn't mean I reject everything they say. I listen to what they say, and then I judge using any evidence for their point of view or for mine if it's contrary, and using sound reasoning, approximate probabilities, knowing people, etc., etc. That's how I progress. And I think I've progressed quite a bit since I was in my teens when I was an atheist and on the path to becoming a consequential atheist, that term that I probably came up with around that age, 1920, whatever. Okay, what's a consequential atheist? Well, an atheist, we know, somebody just doesn't believe in God. But most atheists are not consequential. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're an atheist, you think, first of all, there's no God, there's no life after death, there's no punishment after death. All we have is the physical, the body. And who doesn't want to be happy and have everything they want? Can you name one person who doesn't want to be happy? And if you said, oh, we'd like to be happy and have everything your heart or body desires, they say, yeah, of course I would. Well, you a believer in God or you're an atheist? I'm an atheist. I say, well, why aren't you getting it? Oh, well, because life doesn't throw it my way. That's not a consequential atheist. He says, well, I can't get it because they're holding me down and I don't have make enough money. That's not a consequential atheist. What's a consequential atheist? In the books of Marquis de Sade, which I do not recommend because they're horrible. I mean, it's, it's not great literature on the one hand, but just strings of atrocities and murdering, torturing people. But the interesting thing for me was the philosophy behind it, which I then termed consequential atheism. I'll explain so you don't have to read those horrid books. The idea of the Marquis de Sade. If you're an atheist, and you're really an atheist, not one of these watered-down still influenced by Christianity, although they don't realize that atheists, still an atheist hindered by ethics. Ethics belongs to philosophy. It does not belong to the material world. 
Oh, now that's a sentence for you to write down. Ethics belongs to the realm of philosophy. As a matter of fact, ethics is one of the five branches of classical philosophy. What are the five branches of classical philosophy? Well, there's metaphysics, that which is beyond the beyond physics, if you want to put it in a simple way. Uh, politics is also one of those branches. Ethics as well. And then uh, logic is another one. And then aesthetics, the study of beauty. What is beauty? So ethics is a branch of philosophy, but it's not a branch of science. Science deals with the material world, including energy, of course, everything in the universe that we can test, that we can measure, or try to discover how to test and measure. That's what science is. Uh, a Sadian, I won't say sadistic here, I'll say a Sadian atheist, somebody who follows the consequential atheism of the Marquis de Sade. He might try to combine, for example, human beings with pigs. Oh, such experiments have been made. Somebody told me years ago, oh, no country would do that because it's illegal. I laughed and said, you, you better believe they're doing it. Because there's some people in the world that are really, in a sense, true scientists. They don't concern themselves with philosophy and ethics. They think science is about expanding our knowledge base. Science is about knowledge. That's what the word means, expanding our knowledge base. Now, at this point, you might rebel and say, no, but you have to have ethics and science. Well, you better have ethics and science or it's going to get really bad. And that's what we're experiencing today. The scientist, the New World Order scientist says, fact, there are almost 8 billion people in the world. Fact, the population has tripled in only one lifetime. The estimated world population after World War II was about 2.6 billion people. Now it's three times that. Three times that and only about, well, what, not even 80 years. So the true scientist says, what's it going to be like? And that's despite birth control, by the way, and all that. Despite the fact that in developed countries, people have fewer children than ever. But of course, many countries aren't developed and they have, India has like more people than China now. So what do these people think? Well, a fact is then it could be in 80 years, they're not 8 billion people. It could be 24 billion people. And then another just 80 years. Historically, that's not long. And then, there, then there's what, uh, 75 billion, and then there's 100 billion. And sooner or later, there's no what, people are dying because they're, oh, we're packed in like sardines. So the true scientist says, we have to think of a way to lower the population. Oh, we've been talking for years about the huge population and people still go on having sex and da, 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 and having children. Even people don't really want to know, but to have a complete, you have to have a child. And so they're still going on having children. So what do you do? Well, you have to think of a way to make them sterile so people can't reproduce as much and to kill off people. Ah, and guess what some of the bad side effects are of the vaccines? They make men and women sterile and they kill people off. You think that's a coincidence? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's, it's quite logical that a true scientist would think that way. I'm not talking about a true scientist in the sense of a complete human being who a scientist who is a good scientist, and he's also on the philosophical level, he has an ethical system, and he's also spiritual. Those scientists would never do that. I'm talking about somebody who is stuck in just the lowest level of science. You notice how science is always put on a pedestal. That's the highest. Worship science. Actually, it's the lowest level. There are three basic levels. One is the spiritual. That's the highest. Then the philosophical. If you don't believe in the spiritual, okay, throw that out. Philosophy is higher than science. It's the father and mother of science. Science sprang out of philosophy. 
But so often, as is the case, just as some children go off and they deny their parents and they don't want anything to do with them, there's some scientists that have done that. They've separated themselves from philosophy to the point of, what are you telling me, Miss Philosopher? I should be ethical. I shouldn't combine people with pigs. Why not? Science about knowledge, we can find out if that's possible. If it is possible, experiment. Maybe we do it because we want a race of people that's going to be more intelligent than pigs, but they're not going to be too smart. And so they'll do all heavy work for us. We can have a race of slaves. What's the matter with that? And these creatures aren't going to suffer. They'll, you know, they'll be happy they're alive. They can't even imagine what it would be like to not be alive. They're not going to say, oh, I wish you hadn't created us. Because even animals are happy that they're alive somehow. So what's the problem there? That's what the consequential atheist scientist would say to the philosopher. And how's the philosopher going to prove to him that ethics is necessary? He can't because philosophy is at a different level. Deep insights I'm giving you here, people. Deep insights. I don't know if anybody else has come up with these specific insights, but believe me, they're valid. So the consequential atheist thinks like this, put it on a more practical level. He thinks, let's imagine if I were a consequential atheist. And let me tell you, I was on that path in my teens. Because see, when I recognize something or think I have, I'm not, you know, watered down like well, I'm an atheist, but da, 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 da. no, if I'm an atheist, I want to be consequential. If I'm into the philosophical, I want to be consequential or the spiritual I want to be consequential, go deeper. That's my nature. And that's why in the end, I turned away from atheism. I won't get into exactly the evidence that I saw that, that practically demonstrated to me it's not true. I won't get into that now. That would be much too long. But imagine you're an atheist. Okay, you have only one life. Right? There's no life after death if you're an atheist. No reincarnation, certainly. And what's life about? It's about being happy, getting what you want. Why should you care about ethics? Why should you care about ethics? Why should you care about hurting people? Why should you care about that? You're not going to be punished if you hurt people. So why should you care about it? Oh, you might say, well, because if I hurt people, you might get thrown in jail. Well, as Saad said, and all his villains were extremely intelligent and clever. It was like the deep state. They were connected among themselves. Even the Pope was one of the perverts in his books. And, you know, that with some popes, that's not far from the truth, uh, as, as many of us already know. And so his perverts, geniuses, they're all like geniuses. In one of his books, Juliette. It's like a girl maybe 18, 19 years old, and she is so evil. But she's also a great philosopher. You know, she commit the most horrible atrocities and then philosophize about it. I, I guarantee, I've known many, well, when I was younger girls and women in my life, I've never known anybody philosophize like that, especially not a 19-year-old girl. <laughs> I've known very few men that can philosophize like that, even old men. So it's not realistic. This was the Marquis de Sade put, using that character in his novel as the mouthpiece for his own ideas, and he was highly intelligent. And he was not a good person. First, he was thrown in prison because he went to prostitutes and liked to whip them senseless. Well, you know, it was legal, I think, made to go to prostitutes, but not to beat them and whip them. <laughs> he, and why do you think we use the word sadist? It comes from the Marquis de Sade. Sade, you know, sadistic. You know, that's where it comes from. Most people do know that. And he was a sadist, but he, of course, he had a right to be a sadist because he gave us that term. So he had to be a sadist, right? You know, uh, like masochist comes from somebody's name was Masoch in, in Germany. <laughs> so we can, he was a masochist, of course. He had to be. So he can be excused for that. Uh, I say that jokingly, of course. So in his mind, the consequential atheist knows he only lives once. 
knows that well, if you if you don't want to be happy in life, you're really stupid. If you're an atheist, you know, of course you want to be happy and you want to have whatever you want. This is the only chance to get it. So what you have to do is become educated, intelligent, and think of clever ways to get what you want. And if what you want is money, you think it comes from perfect plans to steal money. And it does not be robbing a bank, that's higher risk, but if you know the little old lady down the street, she hoards her money. Well, you think you're going to break in there. If she has security cameras, well, disable them, maybe she doesn't. You break in, you steal her money. If she sees you, you kill her because you won't be identified because then you can't be happy. You could be in prison the rest of your life, you could be executed. So then you just kill her, and so what? There's no God to punish you. There's no reincarnation where you might have to suffer yourself. No, uh, why not do it? So you just steal the money as long as you're clever enough to get away with it. Once you get rich enough through such things, then you can start paying off policemen to look the other way, like the mafia does, like some politicians or criminal do. So then you're on a level where you can do whatever you want and you get away with it. You bribe or pay off judges. Well, look what the deep state does. Look at some of the things they've done. And they pay people or blackmail people into looking the other way. These people, and this is one thing you've got to admire, Lisa. The evil people behind some of the things in the world, it, they're atheists, but they're consequential atheists. That is, they think, well, this is all about this life, so we're going to get as much as possible in this life. Hey, this world's going to dogs. There's too many of these humans. Imagine for my children. Well, I don't have any, but they would think that if they have children. What about future generations of ours that are going to rule the world? We don't want our grandchildren to be living in some world with 100 billion people, so we'll kill off the people now to make a better world for ours because we can identify with our children. This is perfectly consequential. You see what I mean? They're perfectly logical in their atheism. They don't pretend that they have to be ethical. And, and well, some might say, well, yes, but if, if you do bad things, people won't respect you, they'll hate you. But Saad said, no, no, you just have to be a hypocrite. You pretend that you're good if you, when you have a lot of money. Give a certain percentage of money to the poor and do it very openly. Give to charitable, give to orphanages, for example, or schools for the retarded, whatever. So, and then be sure your picture's in the paper. So people say, oh, what a good, what a good man that Mr. Rockefeller is, for example. Oh, he's such a good man. He's always giving money to, to this and to cancer research and this and that. Yeah, but then behind the scenes, you do things that are totally different, and people like you, they respect you, you give money for the arts, people will say, how, how fine it is that we can listen to this opera, because this rich person built this opera house, what a good fight, he also gives a lot of millions to the poor, of course he has billions and billions, so he can afford to do that, and he can deduct that off from his taxes, obviously, too. But he's still a good man because he does that. Behind the scenes, he might be committing the worst atrocities, but everybody thinks he's a good person. So you benefit from people loving you. And meanwhile, you get what you want. You want women? No problem. You send out your agents to kidnap maybe shapely, beautiful Mexican girls coming across the border, and they're illegals. They don't want to meet the police. So you say, oh, honey, come on, jump into the van. I'll take you to Chicago, wherever you want to go. And once she's in that van, you take them to some underground facilities and then you sell them to the deep state creatures that have put you up to it in the first place. Or I should say to their agents, they have all these middlemen. You see what I mean? And then you have your entire harem. You can have a hundred beautiful Mexican girls in some kind of castle or some kind of underground facility because you have billions to build it. And you have your own slave harem. And nobody knows it on the outside. Oh, you're a, you're a benefactor of humanity. That's a consequential atheist. They're not afraid of... Well, they're afraid of dying, but not because of what comes afterwards. But they are afraid of dying because then the fun stops. 
So what do they do? They think, well, if only, if only I could either stay not too old or become younger. Ooh, let's start some medical research programs, how to stop aging. Now you notice you have articles about that, even in medical magazines, looking for the fountain of youth, basically. How can you stop aging? Or how can you help people to go back in the aging process? Even those things are studied. What causes aging? Have you seen articles about that, right? And so then even governments might give millions and millions to that research and rich people give millions and millions. But here's a question for you, for those of you who like to think, and I hope that's all of you. If not, you keep listening to me and you'll learn how to think and then you'll like it. Believe me, you'll like it. Okay. Even governments might give money for that research, how to slow down the aging process. But do you seriously think that these world elites want us to stay young? They complain about overpopulation all the time. Do you really think they want the 7.8 billion people, more or less, to stay young and even get younger? So they can live on to be 200 years old or longer, whatever. And they'll be having children. So then, you know, there's 20 billion, 30 billion, 40 billion, 100 billion, a trillion. Do you think they want that? No, of course not. But then you can say, well, why are they then advertising? Well, yes, we're, we're studying how to slow down the aging process. Because that way, all these uh, research projects are financed by the people. Because people say, oh, wow, great. I'm only whatever now, well, I'm, I'm in my 60s, but something I might be 30, maybe when I'm 70, I won't have to die. Maybe when I'm 70, I look like I'm only 40 because when you slow that aging process, yeah, I'm fine if our government pays money for that research. And these people, the masses are so naive that they actually think that this being done for them. <laughs> oh boy, I, you know, I really feel guilty when I use the word stupid <laughs> because I know people are just, I don't know, they don't like to think or they're naive or they haven't recognized enough. But let's face it, I'll, I'll use the word naive here. You have to be really naive if you think that's great that even governments are paying money to research slowing that aging process because I want to I want to age more slowly. If you think that is being done for you, you're a fool. I'm sorry, by definition, you're a fool. You lack common sense, good judgment, definition for stupid. You're the opposite of wise. You're not wise if you think that. And so why are they talking about it publicly? Having articles? Oh, maybe in the future people could age more slowly. Well, we're going to finance this. And everybody's, oh, great idea. They do it to get tax money from the people or contributions from people. You know, more wealthy people that maybe aren't deep, aren't the elite, but they went, oh, I'll give a million dollars to that. But in the end, it's only the elite that are going to profit from that. Because then they'll think, how oh, we get rid of these other people that finance all this. Now that we can live longer, uh, well, let's just say we don't have it yet. But then once it becomes clear that, that somebody who, who is aging extremely slowly and more and more of the elite are aging slowly, it's going to become clear we better kill off the people so they don't notice. That's what they do. This is consequential atheism. There are no ethics involved here. They don't need ethics. They have science. Why do you think you say, oh, trust the science? Of course, what they present is science. Vaccines, COVID vaccines, safe and effective is a total lie. But they've already gotten this to the point, also through schools, the emphasis on science, science. And science is great. Don't get me wrong. True science is great. But when you brainwash people thinking anything that bears the stamp of science is great and you have to believe it, that's stupid. That's simply stupid to believe that. Always look for the evidence. 
They say vaccines are safe and effective. Good. What happened when they tested these COVID vaccines with a group of 16 ferrets, these little animals? What happened? Oh, guess what? They all died. Well, gee, that doesn't look like strong evidence for the safety of these vaccines. Well, let's look at the effectiveness. They were saying, beginning, just get your COVID shot. They said it in singular, and you won't have to worry about COVID. Well, guess what? People all over the world, millions and millions, have gotten several COVID shots, and they're still getting COVID, maybe and even more often than those who haven't gotten any shots. So it looks like they're not effective either. So they were lying. They were lying. And people did, well, people are waking up now. When I said these things two years ago, they told oh, you must be a conspiracy theorist because people don't know what that term even means and they used it falsely because they've been programmed by the CIA. That, that started in the 1960s. The CIA that had conspiracies like to murder John F. Kennedy and his brother and to get us in the war in Vietnam. They thought we don't want people discovering our conspiracies are very real. So let's just put it out there in the media, make fun of conspiracy theorists. That's how that started. Maybe you don't know that. Uh, read about it. You'll learn. And so that's why people today are so brainwashed, even people that should know better, like Tucker Carlson saying, well, what I'm saying is not a conspiracy theory. And I think, yes, Tucker, it is, but it's one based on reasoning and evidence. So you should call it a conspiracy theory because that's what it is. And it's almost certainly conspiracy fact. But so many people have been brainwashed using vocabulary that has been given to us by these powers to control our thinking. Well, guess what? <laughs> There's some of us out there whose thinking can't be controlled very easily. <laughs> and I'm one of those people. And I'm trying to help you to join this group. Maybe some of you are as well. I know some of you are. Uh, there are a lot of people who are awake. I'm certainly not the only one. Thank God I'm not the only one. Or I'd really feel alone. Feel alone enough as it is. So consequential atheism, that's the atheist who, and there's, we have to feel a little respect for this, although I despise these people, but I feel a little respect in the sense, at least in atheism, they go deeper. They say, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. Don't believe in life after that. Don't believe in reincarnation. I don't believe in ethics. That's philosophy. And I'm just an atheist concentrated on the material world. Now, some atheists do believe in philosophy. Of course they do. But I'm saying there's a type of atheist that is more just science-oriented. When you come with philosophy, you say, oh, that's, that's, that's so vague, I can't. I've known people like that. I'm talking about that type. And the consequential atheist says then, ethics, you can't prove that anyway. Forget about that. What we do know is, and they think they know it at least, we only live once. Of course, we want to be happy. Every sane human being wants to be happy. I want to have as much money, as much sex, as much this as I can possibly get. And if I'm not born rich, I have to think of other ways to get it, but ways are as easy as possible. I don't want to have to work like a slave becoming CEO of a corporation so that when I'm 60, I'm a millionaire. No, I want to become a millionaire as soon as possible, no matter what means. So I'm going to become a, a really clever criminal and get away with – if I kill people, fine. So what? People have to die anyway. So if they're in your way, you kill them. If you have a gr rich grandmother, but she's only 65 years old, and you know you're going to inherit a million dollars from her, why wait till she dies at 90? Uh, just put something in a drink or see to it she falls down the stairs. and get. I'm not giving you ideas here. <laughs> Don't put these things in practice. This is horrid. And you'll be sorry in the end, I guarantee you, if you do such things. Even if you don't go to prison, you'll be sorry in the end. But a consequential atheist thinks like that. You can, anything is allowed as long as you can get what you want and nobody notices. You have to be a clever criminal. If you're not so smart and that so many criminals are dumb. But, you know, there are criminals that get away with so much because they're really clever and they just never catch them. 
And some of these could be these consequential atheists. They don't have any ethics. They laugh at ethics. They laugh at the idea of spirituality. They just want to have what they want. And and some might say about the Maquis de Sade's philosophy, well, yeah, but some suppose some atheist commits crimes and he feels really guilty. Maquis de Sade about those cases said, they just have to do it a few times and they'll get over that guilt feeling. Reminds me of people I talked to who have fought in wars. People fought, say, in, in the Vietnam War, knew some guy, said the first time he shot somebody in a battle and was an innocent civilian. He shot some Vietnamese and killed him. He threw up afterwards, after things had calmed down, that he had killed a human being. The second time he felt sick, but he didn't throw up. The third time he felt a little bad in the stomach, and after that he didn't care. So in other words, you commit some atrocities. The more you commit, the more you get used to it. That's nature of humanity. That's It's related to hypnosis. won't get into that now, but it's related to that. The more you do something, the more you get used to it. It seems natural. If your parents are Satanists and they teach you to kidnap little children and torture them from the time you're a child, you're going to do that and it's going to be natural for you. It's going to be natural, sad but true. That's the way the human being is. And that doesn't mean these, these people have no spirituality. It means the spirituality is being blocked by other things. It's being blocked mentally because that can happen, of course, too. The spiritual, we cannot really approach just from the mental the, the, uh, uh, the philosophical level, we, we can't do it. I'll get into that more deeply in another talk. But now, about consequential atheism. You know now what, a cons what I term, you won't see this term other places, I don't think, I've never seen it. A consequential atheist who wants to be happy, wants to have everything that life has to offer, and wants to get it as quickly as possible, and has no qualms about doing whatever. Has no spirituality, because he rules that out says it's not true. And even ethics philosophy, that's so vague. That's not part of nature. You know, now look at the animals. One animal wants something and kills the other animal. And there's no ethics involved there. And so basically, these consequential atheists are like intelligent animals, really. And that's what they think we all are. <laughs> look at the connection point here. They say, well, human beings are like animals. Why shouldn't we breed them, eugenics, breed them to be better, faster, smarter, etc.? Because we're all like animals. We're all just the physical. And that's, of course, their tremendous mistake. We're not just the physical. But they don't see it because they block that knowledge. They've hypnotized themselves into thinking that's not true. They're wrong about that. And there's evidence is wrong about it. They, they reject the evidence. They're, I won't get into that. No, it would be too long to say that. Some of you know what I mean. There's evidence that that's simply not true. And at least I think everybody listening believes in, in ethics. But a consequential atheist doesn't. Now, when, they, when we find out they've committed horrid acts, what do we think? We say, oh, they're psychopaths. Mistake. We shouldn't call them psychopaths. Yes, in a sense. Well, pathology is about sicknesses, right? So psycho they're psychologically sick. No, these people are not necessarily psychological, psychologically sick. There are people that are really good people. In general. They could be psychologically ill. Mental illness is a totally different thing. Or do you want to say that maybe certain American Indian tribes that would routinely capture prisoners and torture them slowly to death, were they all crazy? Of course they weren't crazy. That's just the way they learned because of their thought patterns, because of what they've been taught. And consequential atheists are the same thing because of their upbringing or the path they put themselves on. They block the light of spirituality. They block philosophy because it's too vague for them. They concentrate only on the material. And then, of course, by extension, not only do they worship science, this turning science into a god, not only because that's is the only thing they have, not only that, but then each of the atheists for him is like a god because that's all I know. When I die, for me, everything ceases. So it's only about me. I understand atheism so well because I used to be one. I wasn't evil. 
But I was thinking of even maybe stealing. When I was, I, I'm ashamed to say it, thinking, well, yeah, because I believe me, I would have been a clever criminal. I really would have been. But then something stopped me with something internal. I thought, no, you're not like that. You can't do that. And that was that was really this, the light of spirituality in me that I was recognizing. It wasn't my Catholic upbringing. It, it really wasn't that at all. It was something else, something much deeper than that. But some people can block even that. Hmm. And they have. And what we're seeing with these globalist New World Order people, some of them are, they laugh at us, or religious people, say, oh, they're Satanists. They laugh at that. They don't believe in Satan. They don't, they don't do little satanic, oh, some of them might, because they're always some weirdos, you know, half crazy people. But most of them are just simply consequential atheists. And it's totally logical from their point of view. It's totally logical to give people certain drugs or vaccines so that women become infertile because there are too many people in the world. It's totally logical to give people vaccines that, that ruin their immune system so they die of cancer, tuberculosis, many other illnesses, because that way you can get rid of people and people don't know what's going on. They just think, oh, there's more cancer around or more tuberculosis, whatever it is. It's a brilliant plan if you're a consequential atheist. It's also what we would call, what any, uh, what any good person would call evil. But to be evil, you don't need a devil. There's so many people have to wake up to, you don't need Satan to be evil. And let's not call them all Satanists. That's, you don't need that. The animal, the, the cat, you know, cats won't just eat a mouse because they're hungry. I saw a cat one torturing a mouse for fun. Well, imagine that. You capture a small person and you have him cornered and you're just beating him punches for fun. Oh, so it's a psychopath. Was a cat a psychopath? No, it's a cat. And there's certain instincts of power instincts and, and such things. I mean, it goes pretty deep. And some people have that too because on one level we are animals. And if in your consciousness you block out all spiritual awareness and even philosophical awareness of what's good and you only live on the material level, you do things that are evil, but yeah, you are in a way just a highly intelligent animal then. So when they say, well, no, we're just really animals. Humans are just highly intelligent animals. That, that is the case for them. But it's not the case for those of us who are more awake than that. You see what I mean? This is a, a crucial step in understanding what evil really is. And the most horrifying thing about it is there's no Satan involved. You don't need a Satan here. I'm not saying it's not possible that Satan doesn't exist, but um, you'll see. Once you're dead, you'll see Satan, Satan doesn't exist. People might not believe that, but you'll see. <laughs> and then in the next world, maybe I can join you there and see, I told you so. There's no Satan here. There is fear. There is fear, and that leads to not understanding evil, and then we personify it by calling it Satan, you know, with the horns and the club foot and all of that. Uh, no. It's much simpler than that. And in a way, it's much more terrifying than that. Because what we have to battle is not Satan. That idea, oh yes, now we're in a battle God against Satan. Well, that's ridiculous. Why would God have to battle? He's God, so he can just snap his fingers and Satan disappears. That's a battle that Satan couldn't win anyway, right? <laughs> that's, that's pretty obvious. So that, all, all that talk just seems so nonsensical to me. What you hear from right wing, I listen to some alternative news groups, and they would be really great people giving fantastic insights into what's going on. But then they get into the religious track. And yes, it's a battle between God and Satan. It is between good and evil. I agree to that. But not between God and Satan. God doesn't have to battle Satan. I mean, that's even Christianity. That's, that's paganism, where you have 
a good God and a bad God and they're fighting. That's something like they, they believed thousands of years ago. And some Christians are still talking as if that were the case. No. If there is a God, all-powerful, you notice that, all-powerful, all and if there's a devil, but he's not as powerful as God, well then Satan can't win anyway. It would be equivalent to uh, thinking there's a big baseball battle, and it's between the New York Yankees and the local Little League team of six-year-olds. Well, you know, that's not a battle because six-year-olds have no chance whatsoever. To win. So there's no battle. And when we talk about God, that's even more absolute. So to talk about a battle between God and the devil is so stupid that I can't even take it. Sorry, my right-wing friends there. But think about it. Please use your minds. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But evil, if we define it properly, the absence of light, the blocking of light, and let me say about this, even an atheist has a soul. Even an atheist has a higher self. Even an atheist has the divine spark in him or her. The problem is they have blocked, their conscious mind has blocked all recognition of that divine spark. And that's how they become atheists. And if in addition, they're intelligent enough to, or not necessarily intelligent enough, but they're just egoistic enough to think, I'm going to become a consequential atheist. It's all about me. Because for me, that's all there is. It's really all about me. Other people, as far as I can use them, yes. And my loved ones, okay, it makes me feel good to love my wife. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, okay, that's not very rational, but okay, fine. But ultimately, if I get sick of her, I'll cast aside and find somebody younger, more pretty, whatever, richer if I need money. That's a consequential atheist. And there are people like this in the world. Caution. Sometimes they're hard to recognize especially a successful consequential atheist. They're very clever people. I can see through them really easily. <laughs> uh, maybe because I was an atheist at one time for a number of reasons, intuitive, etc. cetera. Uh, but you have to be careful with these people. If I hear, if I told somebody to say they're an atheist, I don't have prejudice against them. I say, why are you an atheist? Were you always an atheist? I question that, get into a good debate about that. And some of these people are excellent people. Once again, I'll say at the end, all atheists aren't bad by any means. But if, be, if they become consequential atheists, and this is the danger here, could be a normal atheist who's a good person. But he hears about a consequential atheist and says, wait a minute, yeah, if I'm an atheist, why shouldn't I do whatever? As long as I get away with it, why shouldn't I get whatever I want with whatever means I can find? Even if it means killing people, why shouldn't I do that? Hmm, that's where it gets dangerous. I guarantee you, you're not going to end well if you do that. Maybe the law won't catch you, but there is this spiritual realm. Oh, you will regret that. But not because you're in hell with the devil for all of eternity. Not for that reason. So I think I've talked enough because I've put out so many concepts there. And maybe with other things, what? This, this can go so much deeper. <laughs> and yeah, this is going rather deep, I think. But in every point I made, I could go much deeper still. And I don't want to overwhelm you. I'll be getting back to some of these points later. But to understand evil, I call this understanding evil part one, because there are other things we need to do to really understand evil. But this is per perhaps the most basic. On the other hand, there are also uh, religious fanatics that aren't atheists, and they can also be evil. For the interest of balance, maybe in an episode coming in a not-too-distant future, I'll talk about that. Understanding evil part two, and these will be, say, religious fanatics because they can also be evil. And I'll explain how it's basically the same thing. It's basically the same thing as consequential atheism, but it's taking on a different guise. So stay tuned. If you're at all interested in, in philosophy and all these, if you're all interested in thinking and getting to the heart of a matter, uh, 
please continue to accompany me on this, the path of Socrates. Thanks for joining me today. Until the next time. Bye now. Thank you.